everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Hangover Podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Penninger, and thank you guys for sticking with me through the first episode. I know only with time, my episodes, recording, all that stuff will get better, and so I appreciate you guys all bearing with me through this journey and all of my episodes. Thank you for choosing to tune in to episode two. We made it, guys. Had to rip off the bandaid for the first episode. Now I'm here for episode two. I just feel so weird listening to my own voice. I mean, I know nobody likes the sound of their own voice. Growing up, I always was behind the camera. I loved editing videos. GoPro, I even had what was it like a flip camera the little portable flip cameras i know my friends and i we always would make little flip videos from as long as i can remember we would have our own like little youtube channel my friend jade and i we would always post (laughs) videos and have fake names uh in our in our videos so people wouldn't know who we actually were (laughs) we got like 500 views on a video one time and we honestly thought that we were famous low-key we still are just kidding (laughs) but um yeah also in like high school I love editing pictures I was in photography for four years just editing things and you think I would be comfortable in front of people because like you guys know already danced for 14 years but I just can't get over the sound of my own voice and kind of have a stuffy nose right now so sorry if I sound nasally I don't always sound this annoying (laughs) I'm just gonna have to take it one day at a time and nobody I mean I'm, I'm never gonna like the sound of my own voice so yeah thank you guys for bearing with me on the second episode I know the first episode of the podcast was kind of short like roughly 12 ish minutes but I just wanted to just kind of set the scene, set the tone, podcast, me, just give a little little background, you know, nothing major. So that's why I'm kind of releasing this episode quickly after the first one, because I kind of take this one as like the real episode because we're actually diving into topics and other things that I want to be talking about on this podcast. So yeah, we are here for episode two and let's dive into it, guys. Like I already said, I have so many things that I want to talk about and share on this podcast and I thought, why not just start with the main thing that has ultimately changed my life? That is being diagnosed with celiac disease. Today, I'm going to be sharing my brother's story and also my story with celiac and eventually my brother Ryan will come on the podcast and dive a little bit deeper in his own personal experience and the thoughts and feelings he was going through and a bunch of other things, but I kind of wanted to just roughly share his journey as well as my journey and where we were both at today with everything going on, celiac, being the celiac siblings. So yeah, let's just dive right into celiac disease. So my brother was the first person in the family to get diagnosed with celiac disease. I kind of said it in the first episode already, but for those of you who don't know what celiac disease is, it is an autoimmune disease. 
your small intestine cannot digest wheat, barley, and rye. And I know it's come a long way. A lot of people are familiar with celiac, gluten-free products. I know quite a few people that are gluten intolerant, and that is completely different than celiac disease. Gluten intolerant people, they're able to eat some gluten things, um, possibly in different portions. They can only have like one piece of bread. They're more lenient with their gluten intake. And for people with celiac disease, we cannot consume any gluten, 0%. And I know when Ryan and I were first diagnosed, and still people to this day, well, why can't you just have like a little bit or this or that? Like, no, we cannot have it at all. No cheating. There's no nothing. It will honestly destroy us in the ins- in our insides and destroy us physically, mentally. Like, it's just not, it's just not pretty and it's not good. So yeah, we cannot have any gluten whatsoever. Our body is not able to digest and properly absorb the nutrients that we are intaking from the gluten-containing foods, the wheat, barley, and rye. Essentially, our immune system attacks the small intestine since we are not able to digest and absorb those products, like I just said. Gluten is the protein, I don't know why I said it like that, protein that is found in wheat, barley, and rye. So when people are like, I'm gluten-free, that is what gluten is. And when you're not able to absorb the nutrients found in the gluten-containing products, it damages your small intestine and affects your health. Like I've already said, celiac and gluten-free has come a long way, but it honestly still affects one of the stats on celiac is that it is estimated to affect 1 in 100 people worldwide. And two and a half million Americans are undiagnosed and are at risk for long-term health complications in regards to celiac. One of the weirdest things when I tell people my brother and I have celiac is they think you're born with it. No, I was not born with it. Neither was my brother. We went through many, many, many years of eating gluten being normal and having all the food and gluten, wheat, barley, and rye, you can imagine. And looking back, I took it for granted. I totally did. Honestly, I don't know what's worse if I wanted to be diagnosed at birth because then I wouldn't know what all the good food tastes like. Pepe's, burrito, oh, just churros, just so, so many just different things that I look back and I'm like, wow. I wish I didn't know what that tasted like because it makes me so sad and upset because I can't have those foods ever again. But, you know, I'm not going to say ever again because I have given my blood to science and the Celiac Disease Foundation and hopefully there will be a cure, for lack of a better word, for people that have celiac disease and maybe one of these days will actually be able to be normal again and have gluten. So my brother was first diagnosed, like I said, we're two years apart 
I'm 23 and he's going to be 21 very, very soon. Can't wait for that. He was diagnosed when he was 12 in 2012. That's funny. He was in fifth grade at the time and he was also playing football and baseball. During that time, especially in a boy's life, you're going through puberty, all that stuff, and you're supposed to be gaining weight. And especially since he was playing football, he needed to be at a certain weight for football and gain weight so he'd be able to, you know, tackle people. I don't know. I never played football, but you know what I'm trying to say. He was trying to eat a lot of food. One of the days he just started having really bad acid reflux and it was it was really weird he could not gain weight it he would carry around like a spit cup like a spitter you know like people that chew tobacco they have a have a spitter that's pretty much what he had but for acid reflux and which was really gross at the time but we're like what is going on I remember that we also went on a family vacation and my mom was trying to have him eat more and like, you know, eat this. You want ice cream? You want, you know, burger? I will buy you any food because all of a sudden he was like losing weight so fast. And, you know, on vacation, you you gain weight on vacation, you know. He was trying to eat so many different foods and I'm pretty sure we got back from from the trip and <laughs> he had lost weight. It was just so weird. He was just having acid reflux all the time, like spitting up his food. Like we had no idea what was going on. This was going on for about a year. They had no idea what was going on with him. His skin was super white and ghost-like and he honestly looked sick. Also believe his like fingernails were turning blue, had all these other things going on and we're like, what the heck is, is going on? The doctors, they did blood work, all these other tests, and we they had no idea what was going on. We didn't even know what celiac disease was. Never heard of it. Never. Didn't even know what gluten-free was. Gluten was, had no idea. And they thought, okay, maybe he's lactose intolerant. So he tried being lactose-free, lactose, yeah, lactose-free for about one to two months to see if that helped. And he told me that... I don't remember this, but he told me when I was trying to write down all my notes for the episode that he would get pizza and then just rip off the cheese on his pizza so he could still eat it. But little did we know, cheese was not the issue here. He did that for one to two months. That didn't help at all. Like I said, we did a bunch of blood work. Finally, after a year later, they ran a celiac disease panel and it came back positive. Like I said, we had no idea what celiac disease was. We're like, um, okay, like what, what is this? Like I said, he was sick for about a year and I just can't imagine having a spitter cup or not feeling good, fatigued, brain fog, just like run down and sick. Like I just can't imagine feeling like that for a year so I mean wow I just I just give so much props to my brother because that is just crazy to me the blood work came back positive for celiac and we're like okay what the hell is celiac and so they eventually explained it all to us and since it was so new at the time 
they did an endoscopy down his throat, put him under, did an endoscopy down his throat to check the small intestine to see if it was damaged, and it was pretty damaged. And that just ultimately confirmed that he had celiac disease. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Also, if you're new to being gluten-free, gluten intolerant, celiac, any of that stuff. I had no idea until my mom went, but if you're trying to find gluten-free products or even lactose intolerant or lactose-free products, I suggest going to Trader Joe's because that was the first place my mom went to find gluten-free products for my brother because if you go up to the bridge, the little station at Trader Joe's, you can tell whoever's at the bridge, hey, I have dietary restrictions and needs. I have no idea what foods to get. They have specific lists, grocery lists, that you can print out, and it gives you every single food product in the store that is gluten-free, dairy-free. We now have vegan. Yeah, it made it really easy for my mom to find specific gluten-free foods for my brother to eat because I'm going to say it again. This was 2012. Nobody knew what gluten-free was. Nobody knew what celiac disease was. So I was shocked that Trader Joe's had a gluten-free list because I still was like, okay, what the heck is this? Definitely since there weren't really a lot of gluten-free products, my mom, my brother, and myself, I, I tried them too at the time, even though I was not gluten-free yet. I was like, yeah, I'll try these gluten-free products, you know, help my brother out, support, all that stuff. Let me tell you, we went through so many bad brands of gluten-free products, tasted like cardboard. And I'm going to say that gluten-free has come such a long way with products and foods because, dang, the food that we were eating in the beginning of all this was not that good and now gluten-free food tastes so good and I'm like thank god that people know what gluten-free food is because I would not survive eating those types of foods because now you make a meal or have a meal and you don't even know it's gluten-free like it's it's that good now we're gonna go into how I was diagnosed with celiac I remember vividly sitting like a year later after my brother being diagnosed, sitting on the couch, watching TV, and my mom was in the other room on the phone, I'm pretty sure. And like the remote fell out of my hand because I had such a super sharp pain that like jolted through my whole entire body. And I instantly like grabbing my my stomach, I thought it was like my appendix or something at the time and I'm like mom 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 because I honestly felt like I could not move like the pain was that bad and even though I thought it was my appendix I also had a strong gut feeling that I'm like oh I have celiac a hundred percent I don't know why it just instantly came in into my head go I have celiac my mom and I went to urgent care because I honestly felt like I could not move. I'm like, I am in such bad pain right now. This is horrible. I really didn't get that many answers from urgent care. 
pretty shortly after urgent care, like the next day or two days. Talked to my doctor, told him what happened. They instantly ordered me. Like, I don't, I don't even remember doing other blood work panels. They instantly did a celiac panel and boom, came back positive. And I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Like, of course, of course this would happen to me. Before I, I say more about about that, I just wanted to say to the people who think they might have celiac or a gluten sensitivity, a lot of people, before they go get blood work done, they, or even, they, some people don't even go get blood work done and that's completely fine, but they think gluten is hurting their, their body, their stomach, their immune system, and they're like, I'm going to cut it out and see, see how I feel. Majority of the time, people feel a lot better. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm cured. You know, I don't have celiac. Like, I don't know if I have celiac, but like, I just don't eat gluten. So honestly, if you want to get blood work done and get accurate results, you need to be eating gluten so your blood work and the blood panels come back either positive or negative because a lot of people cut it out. And they're like, I feel so much better. Okay, let me go get blood work done to see if I have celiac or not. Or if I have a gluten sensitivity. Well, it's going to come back not saying anything. And they're like, oh, great. I'm cured. I'm healed. Well, it's like your body needs to be eating the food that's hurting you to actually come up in the blood work. And you actually know what's going on with your body. Just want to let everybody know that if... It, and it doesn't have to be gluten. It could be dairy or whatever. You need to make sure you're eating that and not cutting it out before you go get blood work done so you can get accurate results. I was 15 years old when I got diagnosed. I guess it was better for me to get diagnosed a year later because we already had the good brands of food in the house and I didn't have to go through the trial and error phase <laughs> like my brother, so he set it up perfectly for me. A lot of people also ask, ask me if my mom and dad are gluten-free, and they're not, but my family is honestly really healthy. My mom, 80%, 90% of the time, is gluten-free without even realizing it. My dad, on the other hand, loves his gluten, but we honestly don't have any normal bread in the house. We only have gluten-free bread. If my dad ever wants to make a sandwich, he just goes and buys a small thing of normal bread. And the only, like, non-gluten bread that we have in the house is a tortilla for my mom and my dad. But my mom eats gluten-free majority of the time. And my dad is healthy as well, but indulges in more gluten than than my mom. So, yeah. It, I already had all the, all the good brands. I was 15, like I just said. And I was turning 16 pretty shortly like it was like within the next few days i remember asking my doctor i'm like it's my 16th birthday in a few days can i go gluten-free after my 16th birthday and they were like yes so i binged on so many foods people that live around the area will know pepe's they got giant bean and cheese burritos and i ate the whole damn thing and i'm not even ashamed to say that i mean i have a big appetite to begin with i love food don't get me wrong but i'm like if this is going to be the last time i consume these foods i'm going to eat till i pass out so i had a giant ass pepe's bean and cheese burrito and those things are huge 
loved it, ate it all. And I had stupid stuff like KFC, McDonald's, Porky's Pizza. I was going to Teffrey Middle School at the time. And they, whoever went to Teffrey, please tell me if you remember these. But the giant warm chocolate chip cookies, I think I would have that honestly every single day at lunchtime. Like I would crave those things. And I had so many of those before I had to actually go gluten-free. My brother and I still fantasize about if we could have a normal day in the life where we would go out to eat and we would just drive around town and pick stupid places, go to Red Robin just for the onion rings or go to another place for chicken Alfredo with regular pasta, get fried food, fried Oreos, you know, from the Orange County Fair, just so many different things. I am very hopeful that one of these days, people who have gluten intolerances, other people who have celiac disease as well, we will be able to eat whatever we want without our tummies hurting and no consequences and we will no longer be restricted. And our dietary needs and the foods, I'm going to keep manifesting it and staying positive because... One of these days, it will happen. Mark my words. You heard it here first, guys, on the Healthy Hangover podcast. It's coming. We're going to be normal eventually. I also wanted to add that even though my blood work confirmed that I had celiac disease, I also had to undergo an endoscopy as well, just like my brother. They put you under, stick a camera down your throat, and just to, once again, confirm that your small intestine is damaged and you have celiac disease. Right when the clock struck midnight on my 16th birthday after going ham from all the food that I ate before, my life changed. I wasn't as scared as I thought I was going to be because we already had all the food in my house and everything that I needed to eat and feel normal at the time being so fresh and living a new lifestyle I already had everything that I needed at my fingertips in my pantry and in my fridge when I first turned gluten-free and if I'm being honest still now I felt so weird because like I already said celiac disease was not a thing when my brother and I were diagnosed so nobody knew what it was I had to bring my food everywhere. Right now, even where I'm at in my life, I'm notorious for being the mom and having all the snacks because I'm just so used to bringing my food everywhere. I would go to friends' birthday parties or friends' houses and gluten-free pizza was the best at the time. Looking back, it was not good at all, but it was the only thing I could have that I would feel normal and being in social settings, other people were eating pizza and I felt comfortable eating my gluten-free cardboard pizza in front of others. I hate when I feel that people are looking at me or talking about me behind my back and just being the odd man out and you can just feel it. I'm the type of person to just sometimes go with the flow in social settings It was horrible for me to bring my little pizza on a plate with foil on top and I would either 
eat it cold because I was too afraid to warm it up and ask the parents or wherever I was, hey, uh, can I use your microwave for my gluten-free pizza? Oh, what's gluten-free? I just didn't want to have to deal with any of that. I would just get such bad anxiety just thinking about it in my head, having to ask somebody because... Ryan and I, in my eyes, were the only gluten-free people to exist on the planet. So I didn't want to have to explain to anybody what celiac was, what gluten-free is. And personally, I've come a long way. I still feel kind of awkward, especially at restaurants. I'll get to that in a second. I definitely feel a lot better talking to people about being gluten-free and celiac. It's come a long way. 99% of the people I feel know what gluten-free products are. You see it on the labels. You see it advertised. Everybody nowadays has something going on. If it's celiac, lactose intolerant, vegan, can't have this, can't have that. There is just so many food intolerances going on that I feel a lot more comfortable and not alone. I love when I was at, well, I'm, I'm at my current job. One of the girls also said that she had celiac and it just made me so happy. Shout out to Emily Noble. Hey girl, my celiac sister, her, me, and my brother Ryan, we call each other the celiac society. And even though we just say that, you know, to be funny, it just makes me feel really good and just reassures that I'm not alone if I feel weird or awkward about my dietary restrictions. It's okay. I I cannot help it. This is not by choice. I don't wish this upon anybody, honestly, if I'm being completely honest, because there's so many other things and health issues that go into having celiac, which I will probably talk about in a later episode. I won't dive deeper into that, but there's more to not just being able to eat gluten. There's so many other things at a deeper level people with celiac go through. So I had to get used to being the odd man out and going into high school as a freshman and I was on the dance team for four years. Being with older girls, I obviously wanted to fit in. I feel like everybody goes through that. You're going into high school, you don't want to feel like the odd odd man out, you just want to fit in so nobody makes fun of you, especially as a freshman. That is just so hard. So I try to keep it under wraps, for lack of a better word, as best as I can. If people said, oh, you know, they would offer me food, I would just say, oh, I'm sorry, like I'm okay. I didn't want to say, oh, I have celiac. I'm sorry, I can't eat it. I don't, I don't know why. That was just my thing, and I feel so stupid for even trying to hide it. I, I, I don't know. People who have celiac or other things going on, am I being dumb? Like I said, it was just so new. If more people had it at the time, I probably wouldn't feel that way and feel so alone. But I've come a long way when it comes to celiac. And look at me now. I'm on my very own podcast talking about being gluten-free and celiac disease. I also wanted to quickly add what Ryan and I had to go through ordering at restaurants when nobody knew what celiac disease was. We would go and analyze the menu and we would have to ask all these questions. And I don't blame the waiters and waitresses 
because they had no idea what we were talking about. But we would ask the waitress or waiter, oh, does this have gluten in it? And they would say, they would kind of look at you weird. And I could tell in their head, they were saying, what the hell is gluten? Then they would just kind of give us an answer and say, oh yeah, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. But we always had a gut feeling deep down that they had no idea what they were like what we were saying so then we would say are you sure and they're like oh well well what's gluten and so we would say wheat gluten is wheat then they would say well what's wheat and then finally we would say flour does it have flour in it yes or no and then sometimes people would be like oh yeah yeah it does it does or oh no no you're good you're good But since it took three questions to get the final answer, we would ask the waiter or waitress to go back and ask the chef. Or they would actually bring the chef out to our table just so we could have that confirmation from whoever was actually cooking our food since we were really scared in the beginning going out to eat because there is a risk for cross-contamination. What cross-contamination is... For example, potatoes are naturally gluten-free. But say I'm going out to Lazy Dog, okay? Love Lazy Dog. 100% Lazy Dog is using the same fryer to fry their french fries, which are gluten-free, as their chicken tenders, which are breaded in flour, aka gluten, aka poison, and no bueno for my body at all and my immune system. So you have the choice each time you go out to, to dinner or go out to eat, you're taking a risk 100%. You could possibly have the tummy ache after you have the french fries because it was in the same fryer as the chicken tenders, but that's honestly the risk you're willing to take to go out to eat someplace that is not 100% dedicated to being gluten-free safe, like totally 100% gluten-free friendly. And a lot of the time on the menus at restaurants, it'll say like a little disclaimer at the bottom and it might say something like, we cannot 100% guarantee that our products are totally gluten-free. There is risk for cross-contamination. So they put that disclaimer there so you can't eventually come at them and say anything. Oh, my tummy hurt or I got sick after. I don't want to have any part of your tummy issues because it's not their problem. It's our problem. Also, should I really be having those french fries in the first place because of possible cross-contamination? Probably not because if you know me, you know my tummy always hurts. But sometimes your girl needs some nice french fries and ranch. You just gotta, you just gotta have it sometimes and it's okay. We're human. But one tip that I would say If you're going to go out to eat and you're nervous about possible cross-contamination and you're really sensitive like me, definitely look up the menu before you go. And a lot of places have their nutrition facts on um, their website. You can also talk to a manager or they have a specific gluten-free menu. Or the safest option, I would say is trying to find something that is naturally gluten-free. So if you're just going to get some grilled veggies, a protein, 
possibly a baked potato or some rice, just certain options like that that are naturally gluten-free, I would say that that would be your best bet to be 100% as safe as you can going out to eat when you're first starting out, possibly having celiac or trying to figure out if gluten is the issue that you're possibly going through. I would say stick to the basics, be as simple as you can to prevent any type of tummy ache because let me tell you, I think I've had a million tummy aches in my life, still continue to deal with it. There's more to my tummy aches. It's not just celiac, but that's for a later episode that you have to eventually listen to and keep an eye out for. Also, a lot of places have the G next to it or GF and whoever else has celiac or is gluten-free. I get so excited when I see the little symbol next to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can have so many different things. They have gluten-free this, they have gluten-free that. I just get so excited. And especially if I'm looking up the menu before I go and there's a bunch of options, I just get so excited. And normal people don't understand because they can pick whatever they want. But if there's more than one thing besides a salad that I can have, I'm instantly stoked. Because having multiple options, going out to eat, I feel normal and makes me super happy. And only people with dietary restrictions will understand what I'm saying when there's more than just a salad or some like chicken that I can have. The struggle is so real guys, but I just also wanna say that gluten-free has come a long way and once again, I'm not trying to throw any shade on any waiters or waitresses because this was eight to 10 years ago that I was dealing with all this. I have never had an issue going to a restaurant and finding something I could not eat. I've never had an issue within the eight years of being able to find something or having them accommodate to my diet. So shout out to all the waiters and waitresses and chefs, if you're a chef, who are dealing with this on a daily basis. You guys rock, I appreciate it. You guys are the best, thank you. Thank you for taking care of all of us out there that are super difficult with our food orders. I get anxiety each time and I feel so bad that I'm coming off complicated and all of that. So shout out to you guys. Thanks for dealing with all of us out there with dietary needs and restrictions and being patient with us. You guys rock. I briefly touched on this in the welcome trailer, but once again, I thought having celiac was the end of the world. What am I going to do with my life? I had no idea. Looking at it now, it was definitely a blessing in disguise. And I'm thankful that I have been diagnosed with celiac and I have it and been living with it for eight years now. And even though it's come with other complications and multiple other health issues that I will eventually share and touch on, celiac disease is not just not being able to eat gluten. Like I said, it's an autoimmune disease. Even though I don't quote unquote look sick, there are days where I feel great. There are days where I don't feel great. People with autoimmune diseases or other things going on in their life will totally understand this because sometimes I might come into work or supposed to hang out with friends and even though I don't physically look sick, I don't feel good. I'm having one of those days where I'm run down, have brain fog, fatigue, There are so many other things that go into not just being able to have gluten, and I wish people would understand that more. Living with an autoimmune disease or possibly something else 
that you might be going through is difficult and those around you need to understand that and possibly get to the point of educating themselves behind it or maybe talking to you so they get to know what you're going through and not just give you crap for, oh, you always bail on me or you're always leaving work or whatever the case may be. Just being able to communicate and talking to others honestly really helps a lot and I highly recommend that. I'm I'm trying to do it more myself and try and take care of my body first because it's very difficult for me to put myself first and my health first. I'm always worried about everybody else and their opinions. I'm working really hard not to focus on that 24-7 and live my life around what other people think of me if I'm having a bad mental health day or physical, emotional body day. There are just so many other things and I can't wait to eventually talk about it more and all of the other things that go behind autoimmune diseases or any unhidden diseases or conditions that you might be dealing with. I know I'm not alone out there. There's a lot of people in my life that I know that are dealing with this. I can't wait to share more of their stories so people feel like they're not alone because I felt like I've been alone for the longest time and I need to open up my eyes and realize that it is okay not to be okay. Like I know that sounds really cliche. I'm pretty sure it's not like a Demi Lovato song. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's a song, but it's okay not to be okay. That's the motto right now in my life. If I set my expectations that I'm going to be feeling 100% healthy and good every single day, I'm honestly just setting myself up for failure. Like it's just, it's just reality. We are human and that is 100% okay. And I hope people know that they can always come talk to me, share their stories, relate, just vent. I love just talking to people. And even if you don't want my opinion or share my thoughts or feelings behind anything, I will just sit and listen. So sorry to get off topic about there. I just was getting really passionate and I'm like, okay, can't give, give everything away in this episode because just wanted it to be mainly celiac focused, sharing my brother's story as well as my story. Just the basics of it. So you guys kind of know where this podcast stems from, why I kind of got into health and wellness. It was all because of good old celiac disease. Once again, I just want to thank everybody for listening to the very first episode, following the podcast's Instagram, which is thehealthy.hangover. Please continue to like my posts, share with friends, family, I really appreciate all of it. I, once again, I'll say it again. I felt so overwhelmed by all the people who truly cared about me and my podcast. I've never felt that good and had that so much support. It, it honestly felt, like I said, overwhelming. I just could not stop smiling. I love hearing your guys' feedback. So please let me know if there's anything specific you want me to talk about. Or if you want to come on the podcast, I would love to have you. I eventually want to have guests and share other people's stories. So please let me know. You can also find my personal Instagram at Lindsay with two E's and three Y's. My goal is to hopefully upload an episode every two weeks, a week and a half to two weeks. So please be aware of what I'm posting on Instagram. And I'm sorry that everybody doesn't have Spotify right now. It's free. I'm using free Spotify. Eventually, it will be up on Apple Podcasts, just to give a little bit of background because people keep asking me why it's not on Apple Podcasts yet. 
You have to upload two to three episodes on a certain platform for you to get noticed by Apple Podcasts and then submit your episodes to them and then get verified. So don't worry, guys. If you don't have Spotify, eventually it will be up on Apple Podcasts. Don't worry. It's coming soon. Just got to start cranking out content for you guys. That's pretty much what this means. Got to start talking and start recording and let's get this thing going. I'm super excited. Like I said, keep your eye out on my personal Instagram and the podcast's Instagram. And if you haven't followed already, please give it a follow. Possibly repost on your story so your other friends and followers can see it. I would really appreciate anything from you guys. It means a lot. I really hope to talk to you guys soon. I hope you enjoyed this little brief story and background of what celiac is. And if you guys have any further questions about celiac, being gluten-free, products that I use, please don't hesitate to text text me, DM me. I will gladly tell you all the good brands to get, where to get them, and what to avoid. Love talking about this today and sharing my story and my brother's story. And I know I will be talking to you guys soon. Thank you guys. Have a great day. Bye.